0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles
1: this morning and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. As you're turning to Hebrews chapter 13, I heard the story of a new police cadet who in training, the uh, sergeant said to him, what would you do if you had to go arrest your mother-in-law? He looked at him and said, I'd call for backup. So this morning, I'm calling for backup to fill the house. Help us out. Will you do that? God is going to do a great thing as we continue to pursue Him. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21 is our text. We started talking last week about 2020 being the year of completion. I don't have time to go back and rehash all of that. You can listen to it at our website. If you choose to do that, cctoday.com, it will be there for you. You can also find the podcast, and I don't have that address, but it's out there. You can find it, uh, but just avail yourself to it. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. May, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. All right, I want you to hear that phrase one more time. May God who rose Jesus from the dead, make you complete in every good work to do his will. One more time. May God, who rose Jesus from the dead, make you complete in every good work to do his will. You know what Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2.10? He said, we are his workmanship created before time began to do the things God wants us to do. He said that God would make you complete to do His will in every good work. I wanted to read it. It says, working in you, what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to catch that. I want it to be driven into your spirit this morning. I want every person in this room to understand we are here for one reason, and that's to magnify and glorify Jesus Christ. We do that not just with our mouth, but we do it through our lives every day. You see, God wants to complete you so you can do His will, accomplishing the good works He has preordained for you to accomplish in your life. This thing of following Jesus Christ, it's really not about church attendance. That's what we've made it to be. Now don't misunderstand, I want you to come to church every time the doors are open. I would rather preach to full seats than empty seats any day of the week. So please continue to come and please bring somebody with you. But what I'm saying is that's not the sum total of your relationship with God. Really, that's where it begins. We're just scratching the surface in what God has for us if all we do is come to church. Because God has a divine will that will blow your mind if you'll begin to pursue him and follow him and understand what he has for you to do and to accomplish. See, it's not limited to just people in full-time ministry. The will of God is for every one of us who choose to follow Jesus Christ. He has a plan for you. He has a place for you. He has a place he wants to use you to build, to encourage, to establish the kingdom of God. When we start talking about the will of God, many people think of it as a moving target. I'll never know it. I'll never discover it. It will never be revealed to me. Nothing could be further from the truth. God longs to show his will to you. He longs to lead you, guide you, direct you. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us to as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. So it's absolutely normal for us to be led by the Spirit of God. It's abnormal for us to know what to do, not know what to do, or not know where to go. It's abnormal for us not to understand God's plan for our life. We can look at God's will and we can say, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I'm talking to those in this room today that are still trying to figure out what God wants for you. What am I supposed to do with my life? What decisions do I make? What school do I go to? Who do I marry? What house do I buy? What car do I purchase? On and on and on, the list goes. Can I encourage you today to focus on one thing, and that's on Jesus Christ and simply doing what he wants you to do, and all that other stuff kind of unfolds and takes care of itself. We make this thing of following and finding the will of God way too difficult. It's not difficult. It's really very easy because the scripture tells us he wants to complete you, complete you so that you can follow God's will into every good work he's already ordained for your life. Now listen to me, knowing the will of God isn't just limited to those who are in ministry. Matter of fact, knowing the will of God is more for folks who we call vocational Christians than for those in ministry. We need to understand that God has populated the earth with believers for the purpose of pointing men to him. And preachers will never get that done by themselves. You see, in my life, I grew up on a farm, y'all know that. So growing up on a farm, we did everything we needed to do to get the job done. So in my vocational career, I've worked as a mechanic, I've worked as a machinist, I've worked in construction, I've worked as a salesperson. And then I find myself in ministry. And what I found was that everything I did in that previous vocational life prepared and equipped me for the moment I'm standing in today. Enabled me to step into the will of God. So would you please stop minimizing the fact that maybe you're not called to ministry. Maybe you're called to be a mechanic. Maybe you're called to be a plumber. Maybe you're called to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse. Maybe you're called to be a salesperson or a customer representative. Maybe you're called to be a store owner. (coughs) We need to understand God's will for our lives is to use us where he has placed us so that we can take the gospel to those around us. It's not about everybody being able to preach it on Sunday morning. It's about being able to follow God. It's being able to do what God has called us and asked us to do. It's being allowing God to prove himself powerful and effective in our hearts and in our lives. So when we talk about the will of God, we understand it's really not a mystery for you and I. But if we choose to simply follow him, he reveals that to us. (coughs) He shows to us exactly what he wants and when he wants it. He takes us step by step. Why do we even ask God for such things? Because we understand God is sovereign. We understand God is in control. We understand God has a plan for our lives. See, I want you to understand that from the moment you accept Christ as Savior, you step into a destiny that God has for you. He has a plan for your life. He doesn't plan for you simply to wander the rest of your days and then somehow fall into heaven. God plans for you to know him more and more and more each and every day. And as you grow to know him more and love him greater, you discover how much more there is to know about him and love about him. So we know it because God is in control. Matthew 6, very quickly, gives us two things when it comes to seeking the will of God and living our life on a daily basis. Two things we need to be aware of. Two commands about living this life. First, Jesus said, don't be anxious about your life. In Matthew, pardon me, I said 7, Matthew 6, Jesus is actually giving the Sermon on the Mount. He's just finished talking about laying up treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth. And in verse 25, he says these words, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put in it. He used the word anxious. Anxiety has a paralyzing effect on many in our society today. We're the Prozac nation, right? Because of our anxiety, it's paralyzed believers. Many times we we find ourselves writhing in worry over choices we have to make and decisions and not knowing what to do or which direction to go. Let me say it one more time if you as a believer in Jesus Christ will determine I'm going to do one thing and one thing only, and that's follow him, it takes the anxiety away. It takes the worry away. You say, well, I'm not really sure I believe that. I'm not sure that's scriptural. You need to turn to Acts 16. Because in Acts 16, you'll find the story of the Apostle Paul on a missionary journey trying to determine where God wanted him to do. Three times he tried to go into a place, and he was prohibited. And then one night in a vision... A man from Macedonia said to him, come on over, we need you. And he got up the next morning and said, I have heard from God. Listen to me. Here's the point. Not that God speaks in visions. He does that. But here's the point. The point is, Paul didn't stop searching, seeking, and following because he didn't know what to do or where to go. Somebody needs to hear me. I'm reading your mail today. You sat down. You said I'm done, until I hear from God, until I get a word from the Lord, I'm not doing another thing. God is saying to you, get up off your lazy duff and follow me. Stop waiting for me to speak in a loud booming voice and follow me. Folks, this stuff isn't hard, it's not difficult, we just have to do it. The Apostle Paul did not sit there in worry, wondering, what does God want for me? Where do I go from here? How do we continue to take the gospel of the kingdom to the world? But rather, he continued to move. He continued to walk. He continued to go to cities and regions to preach the gospel. But when he heard the word of the Lord, he said, okay, I got it now, and he took off full steam. Do you know, it's a lot easier to keep moving and move faster if you never stop. But if you stop and sit down Chris, come here and help me for a minute. I didn't plan to do this. I didn't tell him, but we're going to do it anyway. I chose Chris because of his bulk. Chris is my buddy. Sit down right there on that step. Chris, when he's set, I don't care, any of them's fine. When Chris is sitting down, he really can't get moving very quickly, can he? He's got to stand up. He's got to negotiate the stairs. He's going to wonder, am I going to trip? Am I going to fall? He's thinking, I'm fasting, so I'm starving to death already. My strength is weak. I don't know if I can even do this. But when I say go, Chris, I want you to stand up, and I want you to run right to the front row. Right, to, right Don't run over Ann, just to the front row, okay? Go. That was pretty slow, wasn't it? Come back. Let's try this again. Now, you stop up there and you start coming down the stairs. And you keep moving, come on, just keep moving. Right down the stairs, go. See how much quicker that is when he's already moving, when he's not sitting down, when he hasn't stopped, when he had not decided, I'm just gonna wait for God to say something to me, but when he keeps following God, the will of God is unfolded, and when God speaks, then he can go in great pursuit of what God wants for him. Come on, church, do you hear what I'm saying? Too many have sat down waiting to hear that booming voice from God when God is really saying, just follow me. Just follow me. Quit worrying about the details. I'll work them out. Just follow me. When we read this passage, the point that Jesus is making is God's in control. He said four times, don't worry about the things of life. Don't worry about your wear. Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about what you live. Don't worry about that stuff. I've got it. Or if there's a message for the Western church, it's quit worrying about things that don't matter. He's already got it. He's already promised to give you a roof over your head, clothes to wear. Thank God for that. Everybody said amen. He's already promised to give you food to eat. Come on, church. We need to understand he's saying, quit worrying about those things I've already taken care of and just follow me. Because if we'll do that, we will see great and mighty things from the Lord. Don't wait for some miraculous sign thinking God then will show up in your life. You know the greatest miracle at all? The greatest miracle of all is that he loved you to begin with. The greatest miracle of all is that he forgave you. He cleansed you. He transformed you. He put a new heart in you. He gave you a new destiny and a new, oh, somebody. It's the greatest miracle is salvation. So quit looking for things he's already provided and just walk after him. Apostle Paul is a great example of that in Acts chapter 16. You can read those scriptures for yourself. Secondly, he said, seek righteousness. Verse 33 of Matthew 6, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his Righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You want to know the will of God for your life? Don't be anxious and seek righteousness. Seek righteousness. That is God's will for your life. Live for Him, follow Him, serve Him, seek righteousness. And as you do, then every day you become more and more like him, more and more a revelation of his person, of his character, of his love and his grace and his mercy to those around you. When we understand this thing of knowing the will of God and moving into that place of completion doesn't depend on what I can do. It depends on what he's already done. All I have to do is follow him. He provides the power. He provides the direction. He provides the open doors. So many people think God's will is something like they're walking down this long hallway and there's all these doors and if they happen to miss the right one, then God's behind them saying, ha, 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 you missed it too late now. That's not the way it is. Our God loves us. He cares for us. He wants to guide us and direct us. He wants to lead us. He is our shepherd. A shepherd leads the sheep. Oh, folks, do you hear what I'm saying? Stop worrying about what you don't have. Stop worrying about what you can't resolve. Stop worrying about what you can't figure out and just follow him. Some of you need to hear me. You've been waiting for God to speak to you so you could get involved in areas of ministry. Why do you need God to speak to you? I love the way you're shouting now. See, this is the truth. We know God's revealed will for our lives. We understand God's revealed will because it's right here. It's in this book. 66 books reveal God's will for our lives. So why are you sitting there waiting to hear a voice when God's already given you the word? See, God said you need to pray every day, many times a day. God tells us to read his word, to allow his word. They're going to light unto our feet a lamp unto our pathways. You want to know the will of God? Read the word. Pray, seek God. Let him speak into your life by his Holy Spirit. We also understand that God's will is That every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this planet hear the name of Jesus and be given an opportunity to accept or reject him as their eternal Lord and Savior. Why is that even debatable in the modern church? You know, we're too worried about our coffee machines. We're too worried about our small groups. Can I tell you, when we stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking like Jesus says and Jesus thinks about the world, then things change. Oh, come on, folks. He said, follow me. Follow me. He told his disciples, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. Some of you need to explore Jerusalem. That's Tallahassee. Some of you need to talk to those folks around you about Jesus Christ. Some of you need to open your mouth and follow him and watch what he does when you choose to follow him says it very clearly, seek righteousness. Seek righteousness. Let me give you four things very quick. That's in your outline, then I'm going to quit. Four things that help us know and follow the will of God. Spend less time worrying about God's will and spend more time becoming like Jesus. Quit wringing your hands. Get up and follow him. Spend time worrying about the sin in your life and kill it. Seek righteousness. Seek righteousness. Listen, if you're struggling with the same things you struggled with last year, you're not following Jesus. That's well They're good enough to say it again. I don't care if you like it or not. If you're struggling with the same issues of sin that you struggled with last year, you're not following Jesus. Why do I say that? Because as you follow him, those things fall away. As you follow Him, Holy Spirit reveals the areas of our life that need to be transformed and changed by His power. And He does that as we follow Him. Spend time worrying about sin in your life and kill it. Spend time in God's Word, which tells us over and over and over again what God's will is. Listen, you don't have to have a paper Bible like mine. Do you know that most of my study anymore, most of my reading of the Word anymore happens on my iPhone or my iPad or on the desktop in my office? It's so much easier for me to manipulate or move between different versions and look up what the words mean rather than trying to do it. Now, I love the Bible. I love this book. And I will never, ever give up the book But I'm telling you, too many of you say, well, I can't read the Word because I forget my Bible or I left it in the car or, God forbid, I left it at church. (laughs) Ah, Some of you have done that. We're going to have a Bible sale one of these days. (laughs) Read the Word. And then spend time in prayer, talking to God. See, prayer isn't a monologue. It's a dialogue. When we pray... We give Him opportunity then to speak into our lives by His Spirit, by His Word, when we begin to pray. Prayer is the most powerful and effective thing you can do as a believer in terms of following Jesus Christ. That's why we do 20 days of fasting of prayer to start this month. That's why we tell you how there are different ways to fast. Because when you're fasting the food, listen to me, fasting is not a diet. It's not about losing weight. It's about gaining Jesus. It's about clearing your perspective. It's about seeing as he wants you to see him. When you're fasting, don't just pick up a novel and begin reading when you'd rather be eating. Rather pick up the word. Find a quiet place and talk to Jesus. Let him speak into your life. Read the word and pray during that time when normally you'd be eating and see what God will do for you. Tom, will you come back please? We need to understand that God's will is for us to know him and love him more. He desires more than anything to reveal himself to us on a daily basis. When you begin reading Scripture, please understand what I'm saying. When you begin reading Scripture, so many of us want that Elijah experience where we hear the voice of God. Or that Moses experience where he interrupts us with a burning bush and speaks from it. But when you really read Scripture, this is what you'll find. You'll find that in every instance in the Word where there was an audible expression of God's will, it had to do with the redemption of humanity. It did not have to do with specific direction for one person. When God showed up in the desert to Moses through the burning bush, he wasn't coming to just say, hey, you're a good old guy. No, he was coming with a mandate. He was raising up a deliverer. He was raising up a man who would reach a nation and take him out of bondage. Do you hear what I'm saying? The charismatic church has gotten so hooked that i got to hear that voice from God. I've got what you need. You need to open this book, read this word, talk to the Father in the name of his Son, and let him speak into your spirit because he will do it every single time. You know, God didn't tell Abraham, you need to leave the land of your fathers and go down to Canaan because the view's a lot better and the proper taxes are a lot lower. No. No, he said, Abraham, from your seed is gonna rise a mighty nation. From your seed, there is destiny for all of mankind. When Jesus knocked Paul to the ground on the road to Damascus, blinded him it wasn't so that paul would have a career change no it was so that the apostle paul would hear the call to take the gospel to a major portion of the world which had been excluded and that's the gentiles those those 11 guys in jerusalem they weren't preaching the gospel to the gentiles so god said there's a man i'm going to knock him on his on the ground I'm going to blind him, then I'm going to heal him, then I'm going to fill him with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to call him to be a light to the Gentiles. Listen to me. Every time in Scripture when you see that audible expression of God's voice, it deals with humanity in reaching humanity. So stop saying, I'm not going to move until I hear that voice from God, until the mountains quake and the earth shakes and the is open, I'm going to stay right where I'm at. Stop it. All you got to do is follow God. All you have to do is follow Him. And He will reveal every detail. He will show you the next step. Here's the problem. This is why we don't do it. Because we're control freaks. That's why we don't do it. We're control freaks. We don't want to trust God with our tomorrow. We're control freaks. We want to control our tomorrow. But if we will simply take another step and take another step and take another step. Each time you take a step, what what once was darkness becomes light. Each time you take another step, what once was unknown becomes known. Each time you take another step, What was frightening to you simply becomes something that you are overcoming through the power and the grace and the mercy of God. Would somebody say, I'm not going to sit anymore. I'm going to follow to the completion of the will of God in my life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Ushers, would you come? We're going to receive communion in just a moment. But before we do that, you're in this room this morning. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you were to die today... You would not go to heaven, you'd go to hell. Because the only way you can get to heaven, folks, is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're in this room this morning and you say, I've never done that, but I need to. God's talking to me. His Holy Spirit is convincing me right now that I need Jesus. That's you, right where you sit. Slip up your hand and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Yes, yes. Others. Others. God's talking to you. Yes, others. This is your moment, your opportunity. There's a wait a moment. The three of you that raised your hands, step up from where you're at. Stand right where you're at. If you raise your hand, stand right where you're at. And step out and come to me right now. Come right down here. Come on, welcome them. Come on. Come on. Pastor Mike and Amy, would you pray with these, Yvonne? Pastor Yvonne, pray with these, please. They're going to lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ today. They're going to pray with you. God's going to do a work in your life. Pastor Mike's going to pray with you right now, sir. Church, if you're here this morning and you're willing to say, I'm not going to sit anymore. I'm going to do what God's asked me to do. No, I'm going to do it simply by following Him. One step at a time, one moment at a time. If that's your desire, stand to your feet across this room. Lord, we're making a commitment to you this morning. A commitment that says we're not going to sit on the sidelines any longer and wait to hear from you. We have heard from you. We're not going to sit wringing our hands in worry. We're going to move forward to what you want us to do. Lord, I pray your blessing, your power, your anointing to flow upon every individual who stood to their feet in this room. Lord, I pray that you infuse them with courage, infuse them with strength, Infuse them with Holy Ghost determination that there's one thing I'm going to do and one thing only. I'm going to complete the will of God in my life. I'm going to do the things He's assigned me to do so that He can be honored and glorified. And even though I can't see the next step and where my foot may fall, I'm going to take it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Because as soon as my foot steps, there's light. There's illumination. There's direction. So God, fill them with courage. Fill them with strength. Fill them with purpose. Help each one of us to say from this point forward, we're just following Jesus, and in following Him, we're fulfilling and completing His will for our lives. Help us, Father, to be that full of the Holy Spirit that will follow you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The ushers are going to serve you elements of communion. You don't have to be a member of our church to receive communion. You just have to be a member of the body of Christ. The elements you're going to receive, please hold them until everyone has been served. Hold them until everyone has been served. We'll take them together in just a moment. The bread represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. The cup represents his shed blood. They don't become his broken body. They don't become his shed blood. They represent his broken body and shed blood. So we are doing this this morning to remember what he's done for us. That's what Jesus said. As often as you do this, remember. Remember. So we remember his sacrifice. We remember his broken body. We remember the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Today we remember. Remember. The greatest demonstration, I think, in Scripture of God's will being filled in the life of an individual happened in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus prayed three times, Father, not my will, but Thine be done. Not my will, but Thine be done. This morning, would you pray that prayer as we take communion? Not my will, but Thine be done. Because this is what I know. I know God has great things in store for some of you in this room. God is ready for you to step up and step in. God is challenging you to be involved in places you've never been involved, to start new ministries, to have courage and strength to flow through your life. By the way, Pastor Mike and I are here here to help you with that, to equip you, to resource you, to guide you, to direct you. But we're not going to do it for you. God's asking you to do something. So this morning, would you pray, not my will, but thy will be done not my will but thine be done has everyone been served I need some here on the front row ushers if you could help us please thank you Rodney has everyone been served take that wafer with me this morning it represents the broken body of Jesus Christ It is not the broken body of Jesus Christ. It represents his broken body. And with that wafer, we are declaring as you submitted to the will of the Father, we are submitting to your will for our lives today. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you give us courage and strength as modeled by Jesus Christ to submit to you and to follow you. We take the broken body thanking you For all that it means to us. In Jesus' name, take that wafer with me. And then take that cup. That cup represents the spilled, shed blood of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews said, Once for all, his blood became our sacrifice. It's no longer the blood of bulls and goats, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. That purifies us and cleanses us from our sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that lets me say, I'm victorious. I'm an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So as you hold that cup today, would you thought pause for just a moment and remember? Remember the blood that flowed from the stripes on his back. Remember the blood that flowed from the nail piercings and the crown of thorns. Remember the blood that flowed when they pulled his beard out. Remember the blood that flowed from his wrists and his ankles when the spikes were driven through them, pinning him to the cross. Remember the blood that flowed when a sword pierced his side. Remember that he gave all for you so that all you and I would ever have to do is just follow him. would you take that cup in remembrance? Father, we thank you today for Jesus. For all that he's done for us. We thank you for his grace, his mercy, broken body and shed blood. We thank you that because of what he has done, literally all we have to do is follow you. For that, we give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name.
0: Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, chctoday.com